0: Welcome to Daily in the Word. I am your host and teacher, Rich Chassie. Today we are in John chapter 4, the conversation that Jesus had with the woman at the well in Samaria. It is a well-known passage of scripture, and I look forward to digging into it with you today. I hope that you're able to follow along in your Bible. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 26... Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Saqqar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus' The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So we come to the second of these passages where Jesus is speaking to someone directly. Last chapter, it was Nicodemus. This chapter, it's this Samaritan woman. Both of these conversations are following the passage in John 2.25, the end of chapter 2, where John wrote of Jesus, he knew what was in a man. Jesus knows what's inside of us. And then these two conversations, first with Nicodemus, and now this Samaritan woman. And they couldn't be any more different in terms of the type of people Jesus spoke to, these conversations that John records for us. Nicodemus! who came looking for this conversation with Jesus, who was a respected ruler, a Jewish leader. In all appearances, he he was a moral man, very educated, very religious. On the other hand, this Samaritan woman, first of all, a woman, it was unusual for strangers, for men and women to carry on conversation. She was indifferent, not accepting, almost mocking Jesus at first. She was a complete outcast. She was Samaritan, and the Jews considered Samaritans mere animals. The racist beliefs that they shared toward each other were palpable. She was immoral. She was certainly not educated. She was certainly of the world, not religious in any way. But still, both kinds of people—Nicodemus, the respected religious leader, the Samaritan woman— who had multiple husbands, and the one that she was with now was not her husband, both needed Jesus. Both needed to be born again. It's interesting that in verse 4, that Jesus had to go through Samaria. I remember sitting in a Sunday school class when I first became a Christian, and this was my senior year of high school. The leader was teaching through the Gospel of John, and we were in this passage, and my mind was blown with the idea that This was somehow a divine appointment that Jesus knew that he had to go to Samaria, knew that he had to have this conversation with this woman, even though the Jews would not normally, under almost any circumstances, travel through this region. In other words, they took the long way around. The normal route to go from Jerusalem to Galilee was to go the long way around on the east side of the Jordan River, make their way up to The region of Galilee where they were headed, so that they could avoid coming into contact with anyone from this region because they were just terrible people, according to the Jews. The Samaritans were so called half breeds. It was a terrible designation given to them by the Jews. They were half Jewish, half Gentile. These were remnants of the captivity both in Assyria and Babylon, these two nations that had defeated. Israel to the north and Judea to the south and taken the people captive and then resettled the area with Gentiles. They intermarried, and the Samaritans were the result of the mixing of those two races. And so because of that, the Jews hated the Samaritans and thought of them as being lower than human. It was a terrible designation, a terrible way to view other people, and yet that was what was happening. And by Jesus going through Samaria— by Jesus having this conversation with this woman, by Jesus revealing to this woman in this city who he was openly, Jesus is now saying, hey, this kind of racism, this kind of way of thinking of people in a bad way like this is certainly not appropriate, certainly not acceptable in God's sight. So the Samaritan woman is there at the well, and his disciples go into town to get food, and he is left there resting at the well, waiting to have this conversation with this woman, knowing that this conversation was awaiting him. Here they are. This is Jacob's well. This is in Saqqar, just near Shechem. This is an area that's referenced in Genesis 33, where Jacob buys this plot of land, and the well is there. And, And so the Samaritans viewed this area, this mountain, this Mount Gerizim, as being a holy place for them. And they wrongly believed that this is what God had ordained for them, that this is where the appropriate worship would be, and that was their viewpoint. Jesus being at this well at this time of day, this is demonstrating his true humanity. He's thirsty, he's hungry, he's weary, tired. He experiences pain. He is fully man, and yet he is still also fully God. And then this conversation begins. The woman comes to the well. It's the middle of the day, and there she is drawing water. She's by herself. It's not the normal time of day when the women would come to draw water. She's there in the middle of the day by herself. She's an outcast Among every aspect of her society. And there she is drawing water. And Jesus asks her for a drink. Again, demonstrating that Jesus was willing to go beyond what was socially acceptable, the socially acceptable norms of his day. Jews wouldn't talk to Samaritans, strange men wouldn't talk to strange women. It it was just considered inappropriate for that to happen. And Jesus breaks through that barrier and asks her for a drink. Now, it says in verse 9 that Jews do not associate with Samaritans, and you look at the, the footnote for that, it talks about sharing dishes. And really what would happen if a Jew would share a dish with a Samaritan, that Jew would then be considered ceremonially unclean. And so Jesus again breaks through that barrier and asks to drink from this woman's cup. And so this woman is like, well, hey, you're Jewish. I'm a Samaritan woman. What are you doing talking to me? Jesus answers her, verse 10, in in kind of a cryptic way. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, in a physical sense, living water is running water, but Jesus isn't referencing that. He's making this a spiritual reference. He's talking about the, the water that wells up from within that the Holy Spirit provides when we trust Christ as Savior. She doesn't understand this yet at all. Sir, if, if you had anything to draw with, the well is deep, where, where can you get this living water? Are you any greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and so forth? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is speaking of spiritual truth. She's still trying to understand this in a physical sense. And so verse 15, the woman's like, well, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. The water that she draws required physical labor. It was hard work. And then in verse 16, Jesus answers her in such a way as to demonstrate that he was not just any rabbi, that he was not just some guy that came along, that he knew who she is, that he knew everything about her. Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man that you now live with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. He knew what was in her heart. He knew what was in her past. Jesus didn't say this to condemn her. It was just simply a way for Jesus to reveal that he was something more than just your garden variety rabbi. And she responds, Sir, I can see that you're a prophet. You know, obviously you're from God. And again, she changes the subject. She goes to this ancient question of where are you supposed to worship? Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim this and that. And Again, Jesus cuts to the chase in verse 21. Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The New Testament order of things would change how we worship. Because the Holy Spirit would make of us into temples where the Holy Spirit would reside. And wherever we go, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can worship God wherever we find ourselves. He said in verse 22 You Samaritans worship what you do not know, we worship what we do know. In other words, the Jewish way is the way that God had been working up until now, for salvation is from the Jews. That phrase is a reference to the fact that the Jews would give birth to Jesus, out of the Jewish nation would come Jesus, and our salvation would come through Jesus. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. That's what God the Father is looking for, those who would worship in Spirit and truth. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman's starting to get this now, that you can see it kind of dawning in her mind. I know that Messiah, and again, Messiah is a reference to the Christ, I know that Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Now again, these Samaritans weren't expecting a Messiah to come from the Davidic line. They were going all the way back to Moses. And so they were looking for a Moses type of Messiah who would come and explain everything, teach everything to them, the law, all of that kind of thing. Jesus then declares openly, and this is amazing up until this point. Up until this point, Jesus is veiled in how he reveals himself. He reveals himself up until this point as being the son of man. He's concerned that people would recognize him as Messiah too soon, And then those who were zealous would, or zealots, would try to rise up and make him become the military leader, kingly leader, not what he had come to do. But with this Samaritan woman in this region, that wasn't a concern. So Jesus can openly declare to this woman, I, the one speaking to you, I am he, or literally I am. The he is implied there. And so Jesus is saying, and John does this in his gospel, these little phrases where Jesus says, I am, all the way back to the burning bush and Moses, and I am that I am, and Jesus is declaring his own divinity that he is one with the Father, and he declares, I am. Tomorrow we're going to finish up this conversation and see what happens when his disciples come back from buying food, and the results of this, what happens with this Samaritan woman. I pray that God would use this in your own life, again, for you to recognize who Jesus is, and for you to recognize the importance of sharing our faith with people, and doing so in a way much like what Jesus did with this woman at the well. So, Lord, thank you for our time together again today. Thank you for this passage of Scripture. Thank you for Jesus and his willingness to go in places that weren't, quote-unquote, acceptable and have these conversations that at the time were deemed inappropriate, but yet he was willing to go that all would come to know the truth. And, Lord, may we have that mindset as well, that we'd be willing to speak to anyone that we would be willing to share our faith with anyone so that all can come to know that you are the Lord, that Jesus is our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that we went, when we recognize our own sin, as this woman at the well recognized her sin, Lord, that we also recognize that you love us and you long to forgive us. And you've paid the penalty for our sin. And Lord, you want to bring us into your family. Thank you for that great love and that great mercy that you have extended, not only to this woman, but ultimately to all of us. So we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks once again for listening in today on Daily in the Word, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day.